Rachel Needle from Talking With Tech. And I'm Chris Bouguet from Talking With Tech. We have a podcast dedicated to augmentative and alternative communication, all things related to helping kids with complex communication needs. If you have a passion for helping people with language disabilities, this is the show for you. Each episode features an interview or a roundtable discussion on a topic related to augmentative communication and helping people with language disabilities. And we're really passionate about giving practical strategies to clinicians working in the field who are working with children or adults, anything related to AAC. So you can look us up on iTunes or you can find us on Facebook. We've got a group over there or check out our website at bit.ly slash TWT podcast. Please join our community of professionals that are working to ensure that everyone can say whatever they want to say, however they want to say it. Please listen carefully. What is communication? An essential behavior of life. We have the both blessing and responsibility of trying to foster another. It's the strongest way for two people to convey information to each other. Communication is a lifeline. It's just connection with other people. Connecting people in terms of ideas, thoughts, or needs. Draws us out of ourselves, draws us into that relationship, you know, builds up our families without it being lost. Whatever it is that we do to express intent and achieve an impact. Communication is the ability to express your needs, wants, frustrations, and desires to anyone that you feel needs to have that information. Welcome to Speech Science, episode number 98. We are proud members of the Exceptional Podcast Network. I am Matt Hot, exhausted from ASHA 2019, joined by a well-rested and in Philadelphia, Michael McLeod. What's up, buddy? Hi, Michael. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. We will get into all the ASHA goodness, but first we want to know what your ASHA stories were. So head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com. You'll find all of us and all of our friends from XPN. You can email us, speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com. Give us a phone call, 614-681-1798, or find us on the social medias, hashtag SSPod. And thinking of the hashtag SSPod, Michael, I know, sadly, you were unable to make it to ASHA this year. Yes, I was not there. Uh, I had to run a conference and presentation out here. Uh, yep, with one of the schools I partner with. Uh, so that went really well. I just posted some some pictures and some stuff on my private practice Instagram, uh, gr- at Grow Now Therapy. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, uh, it, was, it was intense. It was a lot of work, uh, but the families were great. The staff was great. Uh, but I definitely, definitely missed Asha. I, I, I definitely uh, wanted to see a few people and didn't get a chance to, to see them or catch up with them, but uh, hopefully sooner than later. Have you ever been to an Asha before? Yes, sir. It was in Philly uh, when, I was, when I was a CF. Okay, okay. Yep. This is my second only Asha, and I will say we missed you down there for sure. Um, of course you did. This might have been the most fun I've ever had at an Asha convention. Don't rub it in, man. Well, I mean, okay, so my first time I went to ASHA, I knew Michelle from grad school, and I knew a couple people from grad school. But ultimately, there was uh, – Michelle was working. My other friend from grad school was working. So I would kind of just go to sessions by myself and then kind of do whatever afterwards. This mm-hmm. was the first year that I actually knew people going in and was able to talk to people and hang out with people during the show. Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of pictures of you and Michelle. You guys were all over the place with uh, Mei Ling and uh, Talking With Tech and uh, all the other speech podcasts. 
I think that was that was really cool to see. You and you and Michelle really did a a hell of a job for SS Pod. Thank you, man. Yeah, Michelle was killing it on the Instagram walk in the floor, meeting everybody that she uh, had either interviewed or wants to interview. Uh, I got to meet the state superintendent from Arizona, who we will have featured on episode 100 here in a couple weeks. Uh, I got to sit down with Lynn Williams, the president-elect-elect uh, for ASHA. Uh, she'll be next year's vice president, I believe. And you're right, dude. We got to give a special shout out to exceptional ed and exceptional leaders, uh, Mei Ling, for orchestrating all of it. We were able to hang out in her booth, booth 678, Rachel Madel from Talking With Tech, flew all the way in from uh, California to hang out with us as well. And there were just interviews happening left and right all through the booth. Uh, it was a pretty uh, overwhelming experience as well. Yeah, it, it definitely looked like it was uh, uh, pr pretty crowded there. I remember Philadelphia was in a, a, a bit of a smaller convention center. Uh, but you guys, uh, it seemed like a really good turnout overall from a lot of SLPs. Dude, I have never seen a convention center this big than I saw with uh, the Orlando Convention Center over by the Hyatt. Uh, we had to do our presentation on ethics. We did the uh, Mei Ling, myself, uh, I Yell It from uh, Learn With Less, I believe is what her group is. And then Rachel Madel, uh, we were presenting on ethics and podcasting. And we were located on the third floor in the far east wing of the Orlando Convention Center. And it was uh, crazy getting all the way over there. Ethics in podcasting? Yeah. So, like, how did we avoid uh, breaking HIPAA? Um, gave away some of our trade secrets, unfortunately, or fortunately. Uh, and then got to meet with a ton, a ton of listeners throughout the show. And it was awesome for people to come up and say, oh my gosh, I listened to you and Michael and Michelle or, you know, Michael's got that private practice. I want to find out more. Or Michelle's doing such great stuff, uh, traveling with her husband. And then they'd be like, and I've heard your voice before too. And I'm like, hi, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> just the host. No biggie. <laughs> no big deal. Just the only person that's been on most of the 97 episodes. No, no worries, actually. Yeah. Speaking of, I think you and Michelle now are on the uh, most episodes of a of a co-host. Are we? I think so. Well, we are the co-hosts. Right. So there you, you guys go. started around number thirty-five, so you guys got sixty-two episodes in. Nobody listened to one through thirty-four. I, you know, uh, I you know, it's them. it's it's the rebirth, man. <laughs> the reboot, rebirth. Now, I am excited. I am looking forward to San Diego, two thousand twenty. Are you going to go there? 100% I will absolutely be there I will I will make sure that nothing gets scheduled that week I will definitely because I, I didn't make it to Asha last year either so this is two years in oh, a row really this is this is two years in a row now I, I did not make it I've just been so incredibly busy I, I think I was in England last year uh, for another conference right around that time or the week before that makes I, sense I will absolutely make sure that I uh I make it to San Diego I got wow. a lot of fan I got a lot of uh, friends out there so I'll be able to stay oh, with really? them and uh yeah, so I'll be able to – I will definitely be there. Hopefully I'll be uh, presenting, and we'll have a good time. That'll be a lot of fun. Michelle Wintering actually held down the fort for us, uh, Michael, while I was at Mickey's Merry Christmas Party win or Thursday night. Uh, Michelle Wintering interviewed uh, Hope Speaks, which is teaching uh, speech and language therapy in Uganda, which was pretty awesome. That is awesome. I love so, that stuff. Oh, way yeah, to, no. Way to go, Michelle. 
Um, so I'm excited for today's episode. Uh, we're going to show you, or we're going to play for you a couple of our favorite interviews from the weekend. Um, and then maybe depending on the time might throw in one of our favorite episodes. It's also Thanksgiving week. So we're going to take it kind of easy this week. Are you okay with that, Mike? I, I am more than okay with that. <laughs> what are your Thanksgiving, uh, br uh, plans this week? Uh, I'll be doing a little traveling, uh, seeing lots of family, lots of friends, uh, gonna, gonna hopefully see a couple of friends I haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing a lot of early morning driving to beat the traffic, but, uh, but it, I should be all over the place. Uh, all I am doing is I am waking up on Thanksgiving day and my wife and I are going to be cooking and everyone is coming over here. So I'm super excited by that. Nice. There you go. So we want to hear from you. What did you think of Asha? What did you think of the upcoming Thanksgiving break? Head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com. Email us, speechsciencepodcast.gmail.com. Or give us a phone call, 614-681-1798. Coming up after the break, my interview with Lynn Williams, Rachel Mado and I get to hang out, and a couple of other uh, fun moments from ASHA 2019. You're listening to Speech Science. Hi, I'm Mei-Ling Chan. And I'm Martin Sibley. And we are the hosts of the Exceptional Leaders Podcast, where we spotlight high-profile topics and amazing people who are changing the worldview on disability. Even though we are oceans apart, we are bringing people from all over the world together to discuss inclusion, advocacy, accessibility, and real-life journeys. So listen to the Exceptional Leaders Podcast to hear the voices and stories from amazing changemakers and be inspired to make a real difference in the world. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. <laughs> Thank you for the great intro. Um, so I'm Michelle from the Speech Science Podcast, and I have any of you ever wondered, our listeners or those here, about doing speech therapy overseas? I know it's something that's come up. I had a couple classmates who were international students themselves and talked about going back to other countries um, to provide services. And I have the best interview for you for that <laughs> because I'm sitting here live at ASHA with Carrie David, and she started Hope Speaks, um, providing SLP services in Uganda. And I believe yeah. that's where you and your husband, Ben, who co-founded Hope Speaks yeah. with you, and your kids now live? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and yeah. how long have you lived there now? We've lived there four years now. We moved in November of 2015. Wow, so that yeah. is home. Yes, it feels like home. And how yeah. often are you able to come back stateside? We come back to the U.S. in the spring and fall every year, so about every six months. And we do fundraising and then share with supporters. That's perfect. Yeah. And so give us give us your uh, your description of Hope Speaks. What yeah. is it? I'm curious. Yeah, thanks for having me. So oh, of course. <laughs> Hope Speaks is a nonprofit, like we talked about, and we're based in Kampala, Uganda, which is in East Africa. And we get the opportunity each day to partner with children and their families and communities um, to equip them with the skills they need to be able to communicate their wants, needs, and ideas and really um, leave their mark on the world. And so we do that using a holistic approach. 
of providing speech and language therapy. We do advocacy work, education, and also social services um, to address the needs of the full community in order to make sure that everybody is living um, and thriving to their fullest potential. So you have really integrated and, and incorporated this organization right into that community. Yeah. So people who are from there who work there yes. as well. Yeah. So our mission is to keep training Ugandan therapists and work to tr see um, communities transformed um, because right now there's a huge stigma associated with disabilities. So we're working to change that by working with community leaders. Yeah. So I, mean, yeah. I, I know we heard it from the previous interview that happened, but really yeah. taking an idea and making it happen. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more uh, about just yourself very quick, you sure. became, how long you've been an SLP, and then also if you can describe the, the clinic setting, what it looks like yeah. doing therapy yeah. in Uganda. Okay, so I've been a speech pathologist for five and a half years now, and so each day is completely different in Uganda. Um, do you want background history um, too? Or no, just actually, I, yeah, tell me more about the, the okay. clinic setting there and yeah. what that looks like. Yeah, so each day mm -hmm. is very different, and we see a wide range of clients in a lot of different settings, and so, how we operate is that we work with 15 local community partnerships, and that could be orphanages, children's homes, um, organizations providing PT and OT services, and things like that. And so we go to these different locations and then provide therapy services and then train parents and caregivers or teachers at the schools so that they can continue with the therapy services after we leave. Mm -hmm. and so you're setting them up for success yes. after you're not there anymore. Yeah. Um, what's been the... Uh, biggest challenge for you mm. and and also if you can kind of touch on just why you were compelled to start this organization yeah so going back um ben and i met at calvin college in michigan okay and so we started dating and got married um and then after when i was doing my clinical fellowship our good friend from uganda had called us and said hey we have two kids at our children's home and we need a speech therapist um, but we've been looking and we can't find anybody and so at that time, then we started doing research to try and find somebody to go there and do this so that we didn't have to. And as we started doing research, we found that the problem was really huge um, and it broke our hearts. So we found, um, or actually currently now, there are 8 million people living with disabilities in Uganda. And in 2015, when we first moved, there were only five speech therapists in the whole country. Five in the whole? Only five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so now today, thankfully, there are 30 speech therapists, but still that's only one therapist for every 266,000 kids, which is a, not a good caseload wow. yeah. ratio. <laughs> if we're worried yeah. about overloaded right. caseloads here. Yeah. And so we started <clears throat> looking into the best ways um, to meet this need. But at the time, the problem seemed way too daunting for us to address, and we didn't even know where to start to begin to make a dent in making services more accessible. Um, but then one day I was working in Michigan, what I thought was my dream job. Um, but as I'm sitting in my therapy room planning for a session, I just kept thinking, if I leave this job, these kids will still have therapy. They'll go on somebody else's caseload and they'll continue being seen and receiving really high quality therapy services. But meanwhile, Scovia and Caleb are sitting at the children's home waiting for services and for who knows how long. And if we don't do something, we're just waiting for somebody else to step up. 
Um, and doors just kept opening in Uganda, and we just kept getting nudged <laughs> to, to start going that direction. And so nine months later, we packed our bags. Nine months and later. moved so there. from yes. the, the day yeah. in the therapy session yes. thinking we should do this. <laughs> yeah. And so now we moved there four years ago and started working with 20 kids. And as of this month, we've now worked with over 690 kids and their families. That's so. incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that, that deserves a round of applause. What is your absolute favorite part? Mm. Oh, there's so many. Yeah. Um, so one of the, I think one of my fa all-time favorite things is witnessing moments in therapy when you see parents connect with their children and just get that glimpse of a new part of who their child is. And it's not about saying S sounds and putting words together and putting forming sentences, but it's about equipping parents with the tools that they can use to help unlock their child's potential and just seeing them recognize the potential that their child has and being able to connect on that deeper level and really build those relationships is really something special to be able to witness and be a part of. Now, I, I don't even think I prepped you with this question, but um, I was curious about the, the language piece. Is it yeah. primarily in English or a combination? Yeah, so in Uganda, there are 50 local languages and mm -hmm. dialects. And so, but thankfully, English <laughs> is the native, English is. That's her husband, Ben, laughing. Yeah. Ben <laughs> yeah. He knows six of those languages, so that's been helpful. Um, so, but thankfully, English is one of the, na or the main languages in the country. So, and mm -hmm. we're working in the central region, um, where the primary language is also Luganda. So we work either in English or we work with interpreters as well, and I've been picking up Luganda slowly. I understand way more than what I can say. So. That starts with a lot <laughs> yes. of languages for yeah. us, right? Where we can understand, yes. our, or our kids can understand Yes, us exactly. That's how I've been learning a lot more. <laughs> communicate with us verbally. Yeah. Um, if we're looking at, say, five years from now, so you've mm. been living in Uganda for four years yeah. at this point with Hope Speaks. Yeah. Um, what are, what's, where do you see Hope Speaks in five years or 10 years? Yeah, our vision, and we wholeheartedly believe that the future of Uganda lies in the hands of Ugandans. And so it is our mission for Hope Speaks to be Ugandan run and operated. And so in order to do that, we continue to um, build capacity by training and empowering Ugandan therapists and also just pouring into local staff through internships and clinical fellowships so that then they can um, train the next generation of therapists as well and begin to reach more communities and make therapy services accessible to everybody. Yeah. That's wonderful. So um, if, like, big dream for, say, 10 years from yeah. now, what would it look like? Oh, I, that's a hard question. Yeah. It's grown so much in three years already, more mm -hmm. than we ever really expected. Um, but I think right now most of the services are only available in, the Kamp or in Kampala, which is the capital city. Okay. And 84% of Uganda's population lives in villages where kids are being hidden away and um, stigmatized. They're being locked up and even killed because they have disabilities and they're differently abled. And so that was a big part of why we moved there too, because we knew that this was a situation. And so our vision is that, and our hope is that by working with policymakers, um, people with disabilities will have rights and they'll be celebrated and active participants in, in society rather than being hidden away and locked up. Um, and just not in safe situations. So we keep striving to help people see the value of everyone, no matter what their ability is. Um, yeah. 
incredibly beautiful. Um, I know uh, I will definitely be following along to see what Hope Speaks yeah. does in the, in the next year and in the next 10 and 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, how can our listeners or anyone here in the audience contact you yeah. or find out about volunteer opportunities? The best way to do that is either through social media on joinhopespeaks.org um, or on Instagram at joinhopespeaks. And so we love having volunteers come over to help us train and mentor Ugandan therapists. Um, And we also offer clinical fellowships and um, students can come and do their final placements with us and we can sign off on hours and things like that. So, but visiting the website is the best way to do that or through Facebook and Instagram. All right, well, uh, thank you so much, Carrie David of Hope Speaks. Thanks. Welcome to ASHA 2019. Matt Hot joined by the one, the only, live from Nepal, Rachel Madel. <gasps> live from Nepal. I like that intro. Well, I guess live back from Nepal. Yeah, exactly. Back for two weeks and still somehow can't get over the jet lag. So I was going to say, how long does that take you to get over that? Uh, way too long. And what's crazy is that I feel like I finally was acclimating to West Coast time, and now I'm on the East Coast. So I'm experiencing jet lag all over again. I drove 19 hours in a car yesterday to get here from sunny Cincinnati to sunny Orlando. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better because I didn't drive 19 hours. I just got on a flight for five. Um, So when we're, we're, we're putting things into perspective, I feel like I win. So Yeah, exactly. So we're here live at the Exceptional Booth, which when you hear this will not be live, probably not. It's true. But it won't be live. The last time you and I talked was at ASHA, and I was in Cincinnati, and you were uh, at ASHA. So it's wonderful to see you in person, finally at the booth. It's true. And there was a lot of tech troubleshooting, I feel like, last, last year. <laughs> uh, we got the tech situation under control, which I'm really excited about. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to meet you in real life. What I remember from last year's ASHA... Yes. Was Matt Hot huge on a poster. You were famous last year. Yeah, but my face is nowhere to be seen in the ASHA building unless you come to uh, booth 678. Uh, What I am excited for is I get to sit in two ASHA SEAL meetings uh, today and tomorrow, uh, helping make changes for school-based SLPs over the next 48 hours. You sound super official. I keep telling people (laughs) that because I'm like, oh, my gosh, should I do that? Not that I have time to do literally anything else, but... Sounds really cool what you're doing. Volunteer for the SEALs out in California, Rachel. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll have to think about (laughs) it. Send me more information. Will do. All right, so Lynn, welcome back to ASHA. When did you get down here? I got here on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. How are you enjoying being ASHA elect or president elect? Well, I'm president elect elect, or as we like to call P. (laughs) (laughs) So we were just talking off air. You don't really have to do anything today, right? When do you start taking over having to worry about all the fun ASHA conventions? Uh, January 1. Uh, Are you excited? I am over the moon excited. So you're going to San Diego, right? Yes. What are you looking forward most to San Diego? And then what are you looking forward to the rest of this weekend? Well, there's so many things about San Diego to look forward to. It's a beautiful city, beautiful weather in November, like we're having here in Orlando. But 
the best part of ASHA is the connections with people. It's a reunion, yeah. and and uh, and it's interesting. You'll you'll meet someone you didn't know, but then it's like six degrees of separation. So I love that. I love the learning. The courses are magnificent, and having these master courses and these hands-on courses, there's so much to do and so much to see. I went to the uh, ASHA Seals orientation last yes. night. And I thought, okay, I've already been an ASHA SEAL. I don't really need to go to another orientation meeting. And I'm so glad I did because I got to meet like the nine new SEALs. Yes. And even though I was the old guy, <laughs> I was still learning something new about mm -hmm. how with the ASHA SEALs, like ASHA will send a board member to your state convention yes. if you ask. Yes, and you know, I think that is a little known fact. And it's a wonderful state uh, connection to ASHA where uh, you can request and ASHA pays for the travel and we'll give an update. Uh, we talk about leadership, volunteerism, advocacy, um, Things that and try to get the state uh, association that base uh, energized and wanting to volunteer at the state level. So, are you going to be able to go to classes this week or, or this weekend, like uh, sessions? Or are you oh, yes. uh, doing all ASHA stuff? No, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm planning on attending as many sessions as I can. I'm also giving five seminars, oh. so two down, three to go. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you looking forward to? Uh, in terms of the sessions I'm giving, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, when you and I talked during the presidential campaign, I think I mentioned to you that I'm chairing the ad hoc committee on mm -hmm. graduate education and speech language pathology. Mm -hmm. So that committee is winding up its work, and we have two of those five, or actually three of those five presentations are um, reporting out on some of that work. That's awesome. So I hope uh, once today at 2 o'clock, and it's on educational models of related professions, what can we learn from them? And then those who are hardy, and can get up at 7.30 in the morning after a late <laughs> Friday night. Um, we have our second, another session on competency That's models awesome. of clinical professions. So speaking of late nights, Saturday is the ASHA closing party. Are you going? I am going. I've got my ticket. Which I'm ready. <laughs> which Harry Potter ride are you going to go on first? None. I'm None? Gonna, no. No, I am not a ride person. Really? Last night going to the um, <laughs> ASHA Foundation yeah. uh, fundraiser, I skipped the ride there because uh, I got a little nauseous on the bus ride oh going no. there. So no, I, I don't do the rides, but I'll be I'll be drinking the butter beer. There we go. The butter beer is delicious. <laughs> yes, I, I will know. tell you a secret though I learned this summer when I hey, went. Wait, just don't tell me how many calories. No, it is. I, I have to cut sugar evidently. <laughs> they, so if you ask for an adult butter beer with alcohol, they will kick you out of the park. They really? will give you a shot and the butter beer but you're not allowed to put it in there or they will remove you from the park. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> like J.K. Rowling I, doesn't I want that. I, I, hadn't, I, hadn't asked, I hadn't thought that I would ask for it. Don't plan right? to. The butter beer is just good the it way is, it is. I like the frozen one. Oh, I haven't tried that. Oh, that's the one. Well, that's the one I'm going to. 80 gonna... degrees, you got to try that. Okay, I got to try that. Lynn Williams, thank you so much for sitting down. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for everything. with Strength in Words, which is now known as Learn with Let's. Hi, and welcome, Ayelet. Hello. I'm so glad here. you're stopping by. This is right on the floor of ASHA 19, and I know we've already had a full day. This is the end of day one. How are you doing? I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you still have that good podcast voice, so you haven't been talking that much? That's right, and lots of hydration. Good vocal hygiene. Oh, so good. <laughs> okay, well, tell us about your podcast. Sure. So I host the show Learn with Less, 
formerly it was known as Strength in Words. But uh, yeah, so basically it's a great, uh, basically it serves families and professionals working with infants and toddlers. And it's for kiddos, um, for families with kiddos who just, um, they want to learn more about their kids. They want to raise great human beings from day one. And the whole point of what I share is that they don't have to buy a single toy to do that. Oh, that's interesting. So I'm really intrigued in that you're a speech language pathologist and you're doing this deep dive into, you're doing this deep dive into early learning and early um, education, right? Yeah, I mean, really, it's early intervention, but more from the preventative side, mm-hmm. um, because I, I came into podcasting uh, after I had my own child. Um, so when I became a mom, I started essentially leading these like developmental groups, play group, music group out of my home. Uh, I was living abroad at the time and I was searching for ways to make connections and find myself and my community. Uh, And I, so I started sort of delivering this information about early learning and how we can play with our babies and um, how we can just use very, very simple uh, things like everyday routines and everyday household objects and transform them into powerful learning devices. I love that. Um, and it was great because I, as a new mom, was struggling with you know, vulnerability and overwhelm and anxiety and many of the things that many, many, many new parents struggle with. Um, but the area that I did not you know, question myself in was how do I support my baby? Because I had been, I had come into the world of speech language pathology, um, both working in AAC and also in early intervention. So I was very uh, familiar with the idea of early communication and this, these early, early communicators and early learners and really looking at the very, very basic pieces of what is communication, how do we read our children, and how do we come at um, parenting and parenthood through play. And how old is your um, how old your little one when you started? Yeah, he was uh, a month old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was a- so wonderful. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's incredible. Okay, so your baby's a month old and you're like, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. Well, actually, it started as these live and local classes. Oh. And I did them and kept doing them for a couple of years. And then when we left London, which is where we were at the time, I was like, how do I take this and cre- create a global reach? Right. People really enjoyed this, the information and the content and the fun ideas that I was sharing. And uh, how do I create that in a digital content? So you're an international speech pathologist. I w- yeah. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> Definitely. Love okay, so now you're stateside, yep. and you're go- you decide you're going to use the podcast medium to start doing this. Yep. And did you have to educate yourself on what it's like to create a podcast? Oh, yeah, totally. I, um, I actually started it uh, just before we moved to Berlin, uh, which, which is where we were for another year. And I, ba- I mean, really, I was just, I decided on the medium. I was not a huge podcast uh, consumer. Right. Yeah, but it's like the most time, of us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I thought, of, I thought, well, gosh, this is actually a great format for, to share information because so much of it is musical and the, the human voice, mm-hmm. as we all know, as speech language pathologists, is yes. such a powerful, you know, personal way to communicate. And I thought that that would be a really 
powerful way to connect with an audience. Okay, so you do your podcast solo? Are you the only person speaking? Um, I the, For the first, like, nine months, it was just me. That's amazing. Yeah. Because really, so many people have, like, just so much fear. People have so much fear yeah. about doing it. It's kind of like when you turn the camera on yourself, yeah. right? So what do you talk about all by yourself? Like, I always have to do an interview. I'm such yeah. a cheater. <laughs> well, I was really sharing just sort of the basis of the things that people had been asking about. Um, because I was a new parent and at that point had been parenting for a couple of years and had been doing these classes and right. um, leading groups, I had this real um, library of ideas for content to share. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just answered the questions that I had received, oh, nice. which was great. Right. And so you really had your topic or like a theme everything. for each one? Yeah. 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 So I would, um, for the first, like, I don't know, 35 or so episodes, I would take like a developmental idea, not a milestone, but like a topic, like object permanence, for mm -hmm. instance. Mm -hmm. And then I would share like what that is in language that parents can really understand, right. why it's important, and what a couple of like very specific ideas using stuff that you already have in your home right. and using music yes. primarily as a means because that's also what I had done live in these classes, these sessions that I had led, and um, and giving people ideas for what they could do in their homes. That's and beautiful. I would get these beautiful messages. I still, obviously, get these beautiful messages back from families think, say, telling me, like, oh, my baby loves your, like, your speaking voice. And when I turn it on, oh. it's like, oh, he just smiles. And, you know, that's just so that's special great. because it was an, a way to connect with people all over the world and um, and share these simple, what I now call the learn with less curriculum, these tenets of that um, from anywhere and anytime. Okay, so your basic audience, most of your audience are parents? Uh, I would say about 75% of my audience is parents or caregivers, mm -hmm. primary caregivers, and then um, about uh, another third is um is professionals. But I have found that actually a lot of those professionals are people who identify as professionals, mm -hmm. like speech pathologists, occupational therapists, right. early childhood educators, yes. are also first-time parents oh, that's and right. are coming to the podcast for high-quality, evidence-based yeah. information and ideas because about parenting. Because we are the most critical and hands-on exactly. parents. <laughs> and that <laughs> Looking at the milestones as our baby's cooing, oh, right? Exactly. That makes me feel yeah. so honored because... Oh. It, it really validates what I'm doing. That's incredible. Well, I love what you're doing. I love that you're a speech language pathologist who kind of broke out of the SLP yeah. audience. Yeah. And you have into, like the, like you're saying, the general parenting caregivers yeah. and people who are speech therapists who are parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me ask you, if someone is thinking about starting a podcast yeah. and going outside of the speech niche, right, but with our expertise, what are three tips that you would give us? Mm, um, well, really, first of all, be specific about who you want to serve. Um, I think... It's so important to, to get a sense of who you're talking to because especially in the beginning with podcasting, you you really, it's just talking into a void, you feel like. Like I, at the beginning, was like, I have all these great ideas. I know people want to hear the answers, but where are they? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and then that brings to number two, which is share and share and share again the content that you're creating. Share it. Um, once on your podcast, share it again all over social media, um, create a blog post about it, do it again and again and again. And um, 
and just keep sharing it in different ways because people, as we know, we are multi-sensory, multimodal mm-hmm. learners. Some people love audio and some people love to read and some people like to watch video. So if you can share right there yep. in three different ways the same content, then people are going to love to consume your information. I always feel like I have to keep making new content, but yes. you don't always have to be doing that. Totally. Yeah. It took me a long time to really understand that. <laughs> But it's it. really important. Yeah. Okay. And number three. And then number three, um, talk to other people. Because like I said, the first, like, I don't know, six to nine months, it was mostly just me. But um, I realized that there were other topics that I wanted to talk about that I wasn't necessarily the person to um, speak to that. So I started interviewing occupational therapists nice. and other speech pathologists and um and parents with a specific experience, like who had raised a multilingual child or something yes. like that. Um, and that really, that helps serve your, your audience as well. So um, get into the community of the people that you want to serve as well. Excellent. I love that, Isla. Thank you for joining us. And before you go, how can we stay in touch with you? Yeah, you can find everything on learnwithless.com. Um, I have a couple of books and a curriculum and a new program for families or for professionals who are interested in becoming a facilitator of the Learn With Less curriculum. And that would bring the curriculum to your um, your local audience and really establish yourself as a leader in your community, which is super fun. Um, but yeah, and I'm all over social media yes. at Learn With Less as well. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Thanks so much. Welcome back to Speech Science. I'm Matt Hott, joined by the best-looking male SLP in Philadelphia, Michael McLeod. Only in Philly? I don't know how many male SLPs are in Philly, so I just went safe. Not that many. It's not a lot See? of competition. See? There you go. Well, best so be... how about in the Northeast? How about that? Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. That's right, bro. Mike. I have to say that I am still, we are recording this Monday night. I left Orlando Sunday morning at 7.40 in the morning, and we dropped off my mom at 12.30 in the morning, and I got to my house about 1.45 in the morning. Wow, look at you. So I got about two and a half, three hours of sleep before work this morning. Wow. I, I bet you get I bet you gave some great therapy today. So luckily today my Mondays are usually my days for testing, report writing and meetings. So oh. uh, I had to do a couple observations which really saved my biscuits because I could do observation and just take notes. Well that worked out really well. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next week, all three of us will be back, and hopefully we have shaked off the convention crud and the uh, caught back up on sleep. Michael, what are you looking forward to uh, after Thanksgiving and leading into next week? Uh, well, we're pretty much wrapping up the first semester at a lot of schools, uh, so I'll be um, uh, really collaborating with some more uh, school folk, uh, some more uh, some end of the semester IEP meetings. Uh, tons of evaluations around this time. Uh, the, the private practice is super busy. Uh, really just uh, just continuing to expand and, and try to help as many people, people as possible. That will be pretty awesome for myself. Yeah, just kind of uh, going to enjoy this break. And then next week it starts back up that I've got eight IEPs, I think, between now and uh, New Year's. So It's not bad. No, I, I, I'm trying to pace myself and I'm enjoying this the slower pace at the the new school district. So I really do uh, enjoy that. I want to give another big shout out and a big thanks 
to uh, Rachel Madel, Mei Ling Chan, and everybody else over at Exceptional Ed for taking care of Michelle and I in the booth this weekend. Uh, a big, big, big shout out to everybody over at ASHA because that was unbelievable. Mike, they had service dogs that you could rent. Did they really? They did. There was a booth uh, that you could rent a service dog if you needed a dog to walk around the show floor because it was so, so massive. That's insane. But, That's really cool. But yeah, a big shout out to everybody over at ASHA. You guys made it uh, seem easy, which I've run or helped run a convention, and it is not easy to do that. Uh, but it was pretty awesome for all of that. Um, our opening music tonight was... I lost I, our script, Mike. I would say a big uh, a big shout out to Michelle for... Yes. Uh, you know, Michelle represents 98% of uh, speech pathologists here here on this podcast. <laughs> so, and pretty much following the speech uh, the speech science Instagram page, it was just basically her. Just she it seemed like she was all over the place, taking yes. pictures with uh, with uh, all the speech science groupies. It was nice. Yes, Michelle rocked the Instagram page. I failed miserably at the Twitter page and the Facebook page. But Michelle rocked the Instagram page, so she did. She did. She is the social media uh, guru. I I am not. But and then Mike, a big thanks to you because as we creep up to a hundred episodes, you are one of the biggest parts of this. And I kind of realized that this week how important all three of us have uh, to people out there because it's kind of cool. You get to represent the private practice. I work the schools. Michelle's got, you know, the travel side of it. It's. A lot of people came up and said how how happy they were that you're able to give insight on the private practice side, Mike. That's really so, cool. I like yeah. that a lot. Hopefully, I'll, I get to meet them next year. Yeah. All right. Well, enough patting ourselves on the back. We want to hear from you. Head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com. Email us, speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com, or give us a phone call, 614-681-1798. Uh, hashtag SSPod on all the social media, and also... Uh, head over to patreon.com slash speech science podcast uh, for the cup uh, or for the price of a cup of coffee. You can help keep us on air for an additional uh, year. Our opening music tonight is please listen carefully by Jazar. It's licensed under an attribution and share alike license. Our bump music is the County Fair Rock. Copyrighted John Deku. Find all of his music at soundcloud.com slash dirt dog music. And our closing music tonight is a slow burn by Kevin McLeod. It's licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution license. Michelle Wintering is still in Orlando enjoying it. Michael, you are in Philadelphia. I am in Cincinnati. I'll see you guys next week. See you later. has been an exceptional podcast network production speech science is edited and produced by mwh production please follow speech science on twitter at speech science pc and like our page on facebook for more original podcasts please visit exceptionaled.com and rate and subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts